Well, I want to introduce Tarbo to you. Let me get the, the podium. Come on, that Tarbo. Do you know what? What a blessing this man is. And do you know what I love about Tarbo and Patricia? They're just servant-hearted. And that really gives them uh, a right, really, to speak into the heart of our church, especially Tarbo today, to speak into our hearts. I want us to open our hearts. Tarbo, you know, he's got a passion to share Jesus with people and does. And um, also, faithfully, week after week, they serve in our children's church uh, looking after our children and just investing in the next generation. So whilst he's here this morning ministering, he's also got the authority to do that because he's a servant. And I know as a family, we love this man. So let's open our hearts to him as we receive God's word from him. Come on, let's welcome Tabu. Oh, wow. Hallelujah. Amen. Wow. Wow. I thank God for the grace that God gave Pastor Dave to go through the, the mountain ranges. That was amazing. And uh, thank you both Pastor Dave and Pastor Faith for leading this house. Thank you in Jesus' name. And we thank God. And, um, you know, God is good. All right. Um, he's an amazing God, isn't he? Yeah. And as we said earlier on, you know, it's not because of how good we are. It's how good he is, isn't it? Um, and I'll just start off with a prayer. Father God, just thank you for today, Lord. Father Lord, thank you for your word, Lord. I pray, Lord, that, you know, Lord, you just speak through me and just, Lord, um, strengthen your people, Lord. You love them. And Father God, just uh, strengthen them and just your mercies, just, you know, shower them with your mercies, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Wow. Wow, yes. I thought today we would look probably uh, at, well, not probably, we will look at the kingdom of God, you know. It's absolutely amazing. Um, the kingdom of God um, was the opening message of Jesus' ministry. Um, it's where he, well, it's how he started preaching. Um, so, it was the kingdom of God. And, and when I started to embrace this truth, started to, to, to embrace it, take it in, it really just showed me that that God's agenda is bigger than me. Yeah, God's agenda is bigger than me, myself, and I. <laughs> you know, it's it's His agenda, it's His kingdom. It just and so the kingdom of God just the truth that truth uh, just made me realize that you know uh, by the grace of God. Um, and we see here, anyway, in, in Mark chapter 1, verse 14 and 15, King James Version. He says, uh, now after that John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. And saying, the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand, repent ye. And believe the gospel. Amen. So Jesus emphasized the kingdom when he was walking the earth. He emphasized the kingdom. Um, even when you read a lot of the parables, it's, it's, they start off, tend to start off, you know, the kingdom of God is like this, or the kingdom is like this, the kingdom of heaven. 
is, is as such. Um, so Jesus emphasized the kingdom of God at, when he walked the earth. We live in a world where there are many kingdoms. We are born in the kingdoms of the world. So we are already sort of attached to the kingdoms of the world as we are born physically. And, and what we see here, well, what we see in the Gospels, prior to Jesus obviously starting to, to preach in his ministry, that was straight after he, when he came from the wilderness, in the wilderness where he was tempted by the devil, and the devil tempted him with the kingdoms of this world. And, you know, he, and the devil was like, if you worship me, I'll give you the kingdoms of this world. But Jesus knew what kingdom he was off. Essentially, he rejected the devil's offer. And he's like, right, I want to go start preaching the kingdom of God. And he goes and he, and he, and he you know, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And it's just absolutely amazing, you know. And you know what? The kingdom of God is holy. The kingdom of God is unique. It's different from the kingdoms of this world. Absolutely amazing. And, you know, and he says, and believe the gospel. What? The good news. The gospel of the kingdom. There's good news to this kingdom. Amen. All right. So, like I said, the kingdom of God is unique. It has a different mindset, a different way of thinking for those who are of that kingdom, for those who are in that kingdom. It's a different mindset. That's why Jesus said, repent ye, for the kingdom of God is at hand. I remember when I first, when I arrived in this country, because I come from Zimbabwe originally, and I arrived in this country, and so how they speak English sometimes in Zim is a bit different from how English is spoken here. And so I still would call traffic lights robots because that's what they're commonly called in Zim. They know they're traffic lights, but tend to be called robots. So, and I'll be, I'll be talking to people and I'll be like, at the, ro the robots, you've got to look left and right. And people just be like, what do you mean robots? What are you saying? <laughs> <laughs> so I had to change my thinking. Why? Because I'm in a new kingdom. I'm in a new country or a different country, put it that way. I had to change my thinking. And, and not just in that sense, in different things, it's, I guess, getting used to a new place, to a new country. So those things that had to change in me, had to, and so on. And, you know, um, so with time, I realized, yeah, got to change some of the way I speak to communicate effectively, you know. Um, and we see here, obviously, Jesus in that scripture is highlighting repent. For the kingdom of God is at hand. And we know with repenting, it is primarily at first, definitely, you know, repenting from sin, turning to Christ, you know. So we, we turn from sin, turn from ourselves and trust in him, okay. And that is crucial to understand when, if, when we're entering into the kingdom, okay. And, says, and then we also know. The Bible tells us in the book of Romans that the goodness of God brings us unto repentance. Amen? So, I repent because he's good. I don't, it's not a repentance where it's like, look how good I am, I repented. It's look how good God is. And because of that, because of his grace, because of his love, we repent. We turn and we trust to him. And also, 
repentance is a place of renewing the mind. It is a place of renewing a mind, a place of transformation. So repentance is not just the beginning of the walk with God. Repentance is essentially, you know, the life of the believer. And, it's, and, and yes, we repent because, you know, maybe we messed up. We're turning up from our messes, turning to Christ. Absolutely. There's also, and this is where we've got to be open to repentance, a repentance where it's not so much I've done something wrong, but it could be maybe God wants to take us to a new season. What worked in this season may not work in the next season. So God could be wanting to, 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 to turn you, in, you know, uh, to turn you to think different in the sense of, you know, going to the next place in your life with him, you know. And so it, it's important to realize, and it's an absolutely beautiful place, you know, just to be open to that place of growth in God. And that's what repentance is. That's a place of growth in God. And it's uh, it's absolutely beautiful place to be, you know, and you know, you know, even in, in, in possibly we could say corporate offices, organizations, you know, I know repentance here. Repentance, I guess, because it's a biblical word and possibly an old English word. Sometimes it doesn't necessarily <laughs> make sense to a lot of people, but really. Even when you look at it in a corporate sense, a lot of companies, they'll sit down, have meetings, and be like, look, we need to change in here. We need to change. We need to go in a different direction. This may have worked up to now, but where the company needs to go now, it needs to go in a... Do you see what I'm saying? So it's, it, it's great to, 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 to understand, to realize, you know what? You know, the Lord may want me to change it. So let's be open to it open to his will, open to his heart, because the Lord knows what he's doing. Amen? It says here, we'll just go into uh, John, yeah, John chapter 3, verse uh, 1 to 5. Um, NLT I'm reading. It says here, there was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee, after dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean? exclaimed Nicodemus. How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. Amen. Wow, what a contrast here. Okay. You have Nicodemus, a religious man, steeped in religion, brought up in religion, mature in religion. And you have Jesus here talking about a new life, talking about being born again. You see, contrary to popular opinion, Jesus didn't come to bring us religion. He came to bring us new life and to invite us to the kingdom, to give us new, the kingdom. Amen? And so we see that contrast here, and that is why Nicodemus was scratching his head probably. Well, you, have I got to go back to my mother's womb and come out again? You know? 
So he was thinking of the flesh. He was thinking of the physical. And and, and being steeped in religion, he probably thought, if I'm good enough, I'll get into the kingdom. But what Jesus does is essentially humbles him and says, you've got to be born again. You've got, got, got to be born again. And so... Nicodemus here, he's having his mind worked on uh, by Jesus. Jesus is essentially changing his mind. And you know what the amazing thing? Despite all his religion, and probably you could say quite a, a, a significant position in the Sanhedrin, he humbled himself to approach Christ. There's an approach. He approaches Jesus and he listens to Jesus. Jesus, who is the word that became flesh. We know the book of Romans tells us, faith cometh by hearing and by hearing what the word of God is saying. Amen. So here Nicodemus is hearing and he's hearing the word of God. He's getting faith. We, it is said that he became one of the secret disciples of Jesus. He, he went with Joseph of Arathamea to bury Jesus. When G- and, you know, they took the body down and they buried him in the tomb. He was there. But he, it, what is amazing is that he humbled himself to approach Jesus at night. Obviously at night secretly because he didn't want to be seen probably during the day. <laughs> but he humbled himself to approach Jesus. There's an approach. The Bible talks about, you know, we can boldly go to the throne of grace, you know, and receive that which we need help for, you know what I'm saying? So it, it, it's amazing, and it's just great to see here. Um, and Jesus essentially wants to give us, and he has given us from, uh, for a lot of us, a new life. This is not religion. This is new life, the newness of life. And it's a great thing to know because, um, yeah, religion sort of makes it out that almost like God is abstract, over there, I'm here. God, but God, we know God is in us. And we are in him. It's a relationship. It's that new life. And it's, it's great to know. Um, here, uh, we'll go to uh, Luke 17. Uh, amplified, I'm reading. Amplified, classic. Um, Luke 17, verse 20 and 21. Asked by the Pharisees. Asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, um, he replied to them by saying, The kingdom of God does not come with signs to be observed or with, vis- or with visible display. Nor will people say, Look here it is, or see it is here or there. For behold, the kingdom of God is within you, in your hearts and among you, surrounding you. Amen. So the kingdom of God is in us because we believe. It's in, it's in our hearts. This is a, a, a heart transformation thing there. And you know, the kingdom of God is right there. And going back even to the scripture which I read before, which is John 3. We can see here right from the word go, right from the word go, Jesus wants us to be aware of the kingdom. He wants us to be aware of it and to be living from that place, understanding what kingdom we're of. And here, you know, and it's, it's interesting here, Jesus is saying here that it is in us and it is around us. And it's important to understand that we ourselves and our lives are kingdom territory. We are the territory of the kingdom. 
yeah, we, we live in an earthly kingdom. We live in, the, in a worldly kingdom. But we ourselves belong to the kingdom of God. And we're to live with that perspective, that understanding, and that awareness. Yeah, and while we live in the, in the earthly kingdom, the kingdoms of this world, at the core of us is the kingdom of God. And that's important to understand, you know. At the core of us is the kingdom of God. Yes, we have roots in the flesh. You, could, you know, look to ancestors.com and work out <laughs> our line and everything like that. But now being born again, our roots are in Christ. Our roots are in the kingdom of God. Does that mean that we're ignorant necessarily of our roots in the flesh? No, not, not, not totally ignorant. But the, what is important to understand, the kingdom of God takes precedence over whatever kingdom, whatever culture we may be born in, be a part of, if you like. The kingdom of God takes precedence. And it's, um, it's, and it's important to understand we are all citizens of the kingdom of God. Ephesians 2 tells us we are fellow citizens in the household of God. We may be foreign and natural, but we are not foreign in the kingdom of God. It's amazing the church, you've got people from different nations, uh, different cultures, great stuff. But now we're all of one kingdom. Kingdom of God culture. You know? And the kingdom of God always takes precedence. Amen? Our identity comes from the kingdom. It comes from the kingdom of God, essentially. We live in a world where there is an overemphasis on things like even ethnicity, things like that. But really, our identity comes from the kingdom of God. It supersedes even our ethnicity. It's beyond that, you know. Our, our identity comes from the kingdom of God. That means God defines us. That means we, we live from that place. And it's crucial to know, okay? Because, you know, in these last days, I think Jesus talked about in Matthew 24, nations will rise against nations. That word in the Greek, as you may already know, some of you, is ethnos. We, we get the word ethnicity. So there is an overemphasis right now, and I believe it's the last days, it's an overemphasis on our ethnicity or skin color. And, it, and it's a, a work of the enemy to reduce our worth, our value, to our ethnicity, where really our worth and our value comes from the kingdom. Amen. And it's important to know that. And here we'll just turn to um, an NLT I'm going to be reading here. Matthew uh, 6, verse 25 to 27, and then also uh, verse 33. So a little bit of a skip there. <laughs> uh, it says here, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they, can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things 
will be given to you as well. Wow. We live in a world where people get their worth, their value for their material possessions. It's one of the saddest things. You know, it, I, I find it, you know, I'll be honest with you, I find it sometimes chilling when I hear somebody, you know, describe their life as in terms of what they have materially. It's very chilling, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, and this is part of the reason why we've got to be preaching the gospel to show them there's greater than just what you have materially. There's eternal life in the kingdom. There's eternal life in Christ, you know. Um, and so what happens is that people, you know, you know sort of define the, their worth and their value in terms of what they have materially, even in the sense of money. And like I said, it's one of the saddest things. Even, and you may even hear it sometimes when they talk about the world's richest people. You know, they'll talk about where was the richest man he's worth this much. You see, even if I had billions, if my worth came from that, that is still beneath the blood of Christ. Do you, you see what I'm saying? So it's important. And, it, and even in that same chapter, earlier in that chapter, Jesus told the disciples, you cannot love both God and money. Whatever you find, if whatever you get your value from is not from God it, himself, it will become an idol in your life. And that's why he doesn't want us to ascribe a value but in terms of what we have. And that also means you, your value doesn't come from your bank account. Whether you have a lot or you have a little, it comes from Christ and Christ alone. He is the last Adam. And that's why he came. You know what I mean? To restore that image of God to us. Amen. So yeah, and, 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 and it's important. So, and when we worry, it takes our focus away from the kingdom. So here Jesus is trying to, he was highlighting to them not to worry. Isn't their life of much more worth? Because your life is much more than a nice car. Your life is much more than a nice house. Your life, don't get me wrong, it doesn't mean God doesn't want you to have those things, but it certainly should be defined by those things. Amen? And it, it, it's crucial to know that um, your life, your worth comes from Christ and God alone. You know what I mean? The kingdom of God. And therefore, he says here, you know, uh, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So we're not seeking our own righteousness and all that we do, you know. It's understanding it's his righteousness. And he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. So we should prioritize the kingdom in our lives, the kingdom of God. When we're making decisions or, 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 or thinking of, you know, yeah, what to invest in personally or whatever, does the kingdom come into it? Even if you're seeking to, to, to be married one day, does the thought of the kingdom come into it? Or is it just, I just want to be married, that's it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or does the kingdom come into it? Is like, could I find a person I can advance the kingdom with? Amen. And the kingdom of God is so crucial. And God wants us to prioritize the kingdom. Put it first. Amen. You know, I remember some years ago, um, well, prior to moving to Wales, um, 
the Lord had said to me, I moved to Wales, I think about 2016, about three years prior to that, the Lord had said to me, Tabo, I want you in Wales, you know, he said, I want you in Wales, you know, I want you to go and be a part of the work there, just go and do work there, you know, and, you know, I essentially, for three years, I procrastinated. I shouldn't have, but I did procrastinate. Uh, so I was procrastinating. What, and the major reason, this is where we've got to be careful not to let our worries, you know, take our attention away from what God wants, um, was I was thinking, oh, I don't know anybody in Wales, you know. How am I going to find a job in Wales? Where's the money going to come from, you know? Um, I even think, you know, I want to be married one day, so why go to Wales, you know what I mean? And, and all that. <laughs> so I procrastinated, and um, <laughs> three, three years down the line, you know, um, three years down the line, and funny enough, I was abroad. I was abroad visiting a friend in China, and this friend introduced me to a missionary who happened to actually be from Africa. And the, uh, the guy prayed for me. And, you know, the guy said, you know, he said, Tabo, the Lord wants me to tell you, go and do what I told you to do. <laughs> oh, my days. <laughs> I knew landing back in the UK, there was no two ways about it. I had to get going. God was fed up with the procrastination. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so... Essentially, landing back in the UK, you know, I knew I had to start preparing. So this is towards the end of 2015. Start preparing at the very least. Get moving because God's not playing. <laughs> and uh, so essentially, um, cut a long story short, I moved over in 2016. And yeah, and you know what? It's been amazing. Being here in Wales has been a revelation certainly to me, you know, because God has just been doing things that he didn't show me when he first told me, I want you to move to Wales. You see, he didn't tell me, go to Wales, and I'll, and I'll get you the, 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 the highest paying job you've ever had. He didn't say, go to Wales, and you get married there. He didn't say all that. But all that he took care of. All that he did. You know. <laughs> he took care of. He took care of. What I, had, what I was causing my fears, well, what I allowed to get to me and to stop me from coming to Wales. But certainly he's taking care of that, you know. And it's just, it's just been absolutely amazing. It's just been showing me when, when, when you, one obeys and does what the Lord wills, he will, you know, take care of one's needs. Amen. Amen? And it's just, um, it's, it's absolutely amazing to know, you know. And... When we get about his business, he will be about our business, all right? And the Lord, you know, like I said, has truly added to my life those things which I wanted. Now, did he send me to Wales for those things? No. He sent me to Wales because there's a kingdom agenda in Wales. See, so I'm saying there's a kingdom agenda in Wales, and God's doing his business, you know what I'm saying? And you know what? And God's like, you know what? I'll take care of what you need. Amen. And we see here in um, in 2 Corinthians 5.20. 
I'm going to read New Living Translation. All right. <laughs> so we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. <laughs> Exclamation mark. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, God has made us ambassadors. Amen. And as you may know, ambassadors tend to have an embassy where it's their, their residency. And like I said earlier on, we are kingdom territory. Now, like I said, originally, I come from Zimbabwe. So if I go right now to the Zimbabwean embassy, I step in that embassy. I'm now in Zimbabwean territory. Yes, it's in the UK, but it's Zimbabwean territory. Amen. You and your life are kingdom territory. You belong to a different state. You belong to a different kingdom. Yes, you live in a kingdom of this world, but certainly it's uh, kingdom territory. An ambassador is essentially uh, a representative of the state which he belongs to. Amen? Um, he's a, um, yeah, a representative of the state which he belongs to. He has a direct line. A lot of them tend to have a direct line to actually the, the head of the state. We know we certainly have that, don't we? Amen. In Jesus. You know, we have a direct line with Christ, the King of Kings. So an ambassador is a representative. So our life, we should live to represent who he is. That's what, he, you know, he certainly made us to be like. You know what I'm saying? To do is to represent him. An ambassador's life is consumed with that, what his government needs, you know, and um, what comes first generally is, is the kingdom that he represents, he or she represents. All right? And it says here, yeah, God is making an appeal through us. So an ambassador lives a life that is an appeal, and, and an appeal to whatever state he may be in, whatever kingdom he, may, he or she may be in. And it is an appeal, an appeal for the kingdom. Amen? You know, um, a great example of this was Paul and Silas. Amen? They were <laughs> not exactly in a, in a... It didn't seem like an ambassador's residence, a prison. Um, and, you know... Essentially, when God broke, the, when they started praising God and God broke them out of prison, you know, the jailer ended up asking them, you know, what shall I do to be saved? You see, this is the life of the believer where we, we, we bring, you know, that influence, God's influence where we are at. Even if it doesn't seem like the greatest place to be in life, God's influence still flows. Amen. And we are representing him, and God will show up at that time, in that moment. And the world will be also wanting to have what we have. Amen? Amen. And so, it's a life that makes an, an appeal. Paul also talks about, we plead with you. That's, I guess, in a sense, the diplomatic side of things. <laughs> Pleading. Pleading. Sharing the gospel. And it's not just an evangelist thing, it's a believer thing, you know. Um, and it is, it is that life that is appealing. 
the abundant life in Christ. Amen. And, you know, that kingdom influence is so great because, you know, some of you may be wondering, well, I'm not in a position of influence. It's like, well, look at Joseph. We could say he wasn't in a position of influence. He was a slave. But he brought God's influence in his master's house. He brought God's influence into Egypt. So we all have a place of influence. And you would be surprised. God's influence will flow through you. Even if you don't, quote unquote, have a big position. But God's influence will still flow. It will quite work. You know what I mean? And, you know, that's the thing that amazes me about, uh, about Joseph. How God used him. And how that influence came into Egypt. Um, right. It says here in John chapter 18, uh, verse 36, Jesus answered, I'm reading New Living Translation, um, Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of an earthly kingdom. If it were, my followers would fight to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish leaders. But my kingdom is not of this world. Hallelujah. Right. You know, interesting scripture here. I'll say just first of all, obviously, um, God's not finished with Israel. He's still doing a great work with Israel, and it's absolutely beautiful. And our Messiah himself is an Israelite, isn't he? (laughs) Um, Jesus knew what kingdom he was of. And he said, you know, his kingdom is not of this world. So there's a difference that Jesus is highlighting here. If my servants were of this world, they would fight to keep me away from Jewish leaders. There's a difference in this kingdom and how we are in this world. In that representation of how we uh, represent the kingdom of God. Amen. We're all born in the world, in an earthly kingdom. But when we put our faith in Christ, we obviously become born again, but into a different kingdom. So our our kingdom is obviously first and foremost the kingdom of God. It takes precedence, like I said earlier on. Yeah, and it changes how we act as followers of Christ. It changes how we are as his people, his children. You know, I... Right. I remember um, my first job in Wales. Um, There was one time we were having a break time. And so a few of my colleagues and I um, just went to the break room, you know, having a snack, whatever. And they started mentioning to me, they said, Tabo, we notice you don't swear. (laughs) All right. They say, you don't swear. You don't, you know, swear like everyone else. Mind you, these are people of the world. They're saying this. Amen. And I'll be honest with you, I was actually struggling in that job. But even in the midst of my struggle, the light of the kingdom still shines. Even in the midst of your struggle, the light of the kingdom can shine through you if, if, you, if you just let it be. You know what I'm saying? And you know, it wasn't about how good I am, but it was about the kingdom of God. You know? And so God has placed us you know, where we're at, whether we, f- we feel like we're having good times or bad times, he will still shine through. We're a city upon the hill, as the Bible says. God's kingdom will just, you know, have its way in us and it will 
you know, it will just be there to glorify God through us. Amen. And so, like I said, there is a difference. And God has placed us. Even if you're part of a sports team and you've got your teammates, even there, there's a kingdom influence one can, you know, make a difference with to bring the, uh, the influence of the kingdom where you're at. And the world will notice. And it's, uh, it's, it's an amazing thing. All right. And it tells us here in Revelation chapter 1, verse 16. I'm reading NLT. He has made us a kingdom of priests for God, his Father. O glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Wow. Isn't it amazing? You know what? <laughs> this scripture is just absolutely, yeah, I love it. It says, he has made us a kingdom of priests. Now, <laughs> I'm not saying you have to put priest in your social media bio. But what do priests do? Priests essentially served. All right? And when, he, when God makes you into something, even what we talked about earlier about being an ambassador or, you know, uh, as a priest, what he says that he's made us a kingdom of priests, God essentially anoints us to, do, to, 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 to serve in that role. He, he, he puts his grace on us to serve in that role. And we're able to serve the world around us and even our brothers and sisters amongst ourselves. Why? Because it's Christ in us, the hope of all glory. And so, God wants us to be able to serve. And it's a serving where it's, it's and you know, the, the Bible says, actually, in the, in the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, the priests would serve in a sense of uh, representing man unto God. So they would come and they'll make the sacrifices, yeah, and they'll be making sacrifices on behalf of man to try, you know, uh, and, and to get our covering, and you know, and Jesus Christ, our high priest, he made the ultimate sacrifice, didn't he? You know, he he sacrificed himself. You know, he became sin so that we could become the righteousness of God in Christ. Amen. And that's 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 so powerful to know. And now in the New Testament, the priests are not representing man unto God, but they represent God unto man. That's where our role comes in now. We're representing God in this world. Yeah. So God wants us to represent him. Yeah, we're representing God in this world. And, you know, the Bible also tells us that he has given us a ministry of reconciliation. The ministry of reconciliation. That is so important to know. And I know we live in a world where sometimes even online and you could see, you know, this person has got this ministry, that ministry is titled this or that. But that should never supersede the ministry of reconciliation. You know, whatever serving, whatever aspect that we're serving in comes under the ministry of reconciliation. Amen. You know, and yeah, and my wife and I actually have the privilege of serving, as was mentioned earlier on, in, in King's Kids. Um, 
And it's, 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 it's such a blessing, you know, serving those young, precious lives. Why God values them. Amen. And that goes for anyone uh, that we serve. You know, God values them. And he also values us. So serving is not a place of trying to gain value. But serving is from a place of knowing that we are valued in God. And we're going and valuing others. Amen. And it's, um, yeah, it's rooted in knowing him. Serving is not about how good I am. Again, it's a privilege. I don't deserve to serve. We have all fallen short of the glory of God. But we serve because of his grace. We serve because of his love. Amen. Yeah. And so now serving, really, when we're rooted in God, serving now becomes the overflow of that life that I have in Christ, the abundant life. It's the overflow. It's that, it's, and, you know, it is, it, it, it is not the root of that life, but it is the overflow. I don't know if some of the musicians want to come up. Um, so it's the overflow, and, you know, and when it's the overflow, again, like I said, we're rooted in Christ, rooted in knowing him. So, you know, it's not serving in a sense of serving defines my relationship to God. No. Serving does not define our relationship with God. It's what Christ done alone on the cross that defines our relationship with him. And because of that, we get to serve. It's not even I have to serve, but we get to serve. And it's just, you know, it's just great to know. You know, um, and it's from that abundant life, knowing him, trusting in him, you know. And, you know, it's amazing because I'll quickly say, you know, Stephen. Who remember Stephen in the Bible? Stephen. Yeah. The first martyr. Stephen. He was called to start off serving on tables. You see, it's in, and then he starts flowing in miracles. Because it's in serving is when your gifts start to come out. It's when you're serving that your gift starts to get released. Amen. So uh, just be encouraged to know that serving is a beautiful place. And it comes from knowing him. Just trusting in him and, you know, yeah. Laborers. That's our prayer, isn't it? Send laborers into the field, Lord. And, and uh, it's just, it's such a great, just such a, a great thing. And it all goes back uh, to being rooted in knowing him. Amen. You know, and that place of knowing him is from a place of trusting in him. Trusting in him. You know, there's no greater, there's nothing greater that this world can offer than what Jesus gives us you know and there is eternal life in christ you know we're not just living for the here and now but there's a life that be goes beyond the grave but it starts now if one will believe a life of peace from the prince of peace 
And again, it's not because of how good I am, but, but it's because how good he is. All glory goes to him. You know, I'm not living for my own legacy here. And we shouldn't live for, just merely for our own legacy, but we're living for him. And it, and it is, again, like I say, it's by his grace. You know, and if you don't know the Lord, I would like to give you an opportunity. Because there's no greater love than the love of Christ for you. He's already demonstrated it on the cross. The death, the burial, the resurrection, to be able to give you a new life if you believe. If you would trust in him. Right. You can f- repeat these words after me, quietly if you like. If you would like to receive Christ and have a new start. You may have even been facing a lot of condemnation in your life, but there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. In that new life. Wow. You can repeat these words after me. Father God, thank you that you love me. You love me despite my sin. Jesus Christ, you gave yourself up for me. Jesus Christ, I would like to embrace and receive what you've done for me. I give my life to you and I receive that new life that you have for me. Oh Lord, have your way in me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Wow. Thank God. May the Lord bless you all. God's love for you all is immense. Wow. Bless. Wonderful. Wasn't that fantastic? Absolutely wonderful. What a blessing. What a blessing this morning we've had in receiving God's word, that word on the kingdom just through, through Tarbo. And if you prayed asking Jesus into your heart this morning, whether it's, it's here, you, you joined with Tarbo, just opening your heart to ask Jesus to be your savior. Um, or if you're watching online and you prayed that prayer, just reaching out, tell you now the king of the kingdom has come to live inside of you this morning. And that king, Jesus, the king of all kings, he'll give you peace. He'll give you comfort. He'll give you all that you need. And I tell you now, his love will be shed abroad in your heart. And just like Tabo read, Jesus' words about the kingdom of God is within us. You'll know that that kingdom is within you. It's a miraculous thing. It really is. And it's a prayer away. It's just a matter of placing your trust and your faith in Jesus Christ every single moment of the day. And the great thing is, He helps you to do that. You haven't got to do it on your own. The Holy Spirit helps you continually just to place your faith and your trust in Him. 
and to keep your eyes fixed on him. It's the most wonderful, like Tabo said, so many wonderful things that Tabo shared with us this morning. It's not a religion that you're a part of. It's a wonderful relationship. Wonderful relationship every single moment of the day. And you can go to him, right, with any care, with any concern. You can go to him with all the highlights of your life and he'll, you'll find a smile on his face. He'll rejoice with you. You can go to him with all the sorrows of your life and he'll cry tears with you. Whatever season you might be in, he's always there for each and every one of us. It's, it's so wonderful. Jesus, Jesus is so wonderful. It really, he really is. Just before Wayne leads us, before we finish this morning, you know, I was just thinking about um, just what Tabo was saying about, you know, procrastinating decisions. Wasn't it great when Tabo shared about that? You know, that, that three-year period, that three-year period where he was really struggling with a decision that he knew he had to make. It was almost like a tug-of-war with God. How many have ever had a tug of war with God. You know that God's put, a, put his finger on an area of your life where maybe he's, he's asking you to, to step out and make some decisions, and you're really struggling with those decisions. Great thing is, God is patient. God is patient. You look through the Bible, there are so many people that struggled and procrastinated with decisions just like Taba. I look back on my life and I think, my goodness me, how am I here? I'm here because God didn't give up on me. I'm here because God's people didn't give up on me. And everybody was patient in the mix of making all kinds of mistakes and messing up big time. God is patient. I want to encourage you this morning. You know, you may be procrastinating with a decision that you know you've got to make, okay? And uh, it's not easy. And God isn't saying, Make the decision right now. No, it's just a word this morning where he's come to gently nudge you forward again. And it could be a day today that much like Tabo had when he was, when he was in China and God sent an African brother to him to say, Tabo, you've got to do what God's told you to do. It could be one of those moments or it could be along the journey where God's just giving you another little nudge. Come on. Come on, seek first my kingdom. You're in, the, you're in a world of many kingdoms, but don't forget my kingdom. Because at the end of your obedience, listen, there is sacrifice and sometimes there is suffering. But ultimately there is blessing beyond our, our, our wildest dreams. Our wildest dreams. So just, I'm going to pray right now. And it's a prayer for all of us, right? Not just for a certain group. It's, I'm sure, a prayer that applies to every single one of us in different ways. Just going to ask the Holy Spirit to help us just really walk out those words that, that Tabo has blessed us with this morning, the Word of God. Let's just, um, just quieten our hearts. Lord, we just thank you. Lord, you know all of our weaknesses. You know all of our mess-ups. You know the ups and downs in our lives. You know the things that we regret, things that we've said that weigh heavy on our hearts, 
the actions that we've taken, the decisions we've made, the, the directions we've, we've uh, sometimes just angrily pursued. And uh, you see our sweat. You see our struggle. And you, you see all of the things that go on in our lives that after we've done certain things bring us great pain and even remorse and condemnation. But Lord, thank you you don't give up on us. Thank you that the people around us don't give up on us. Thank you that you come to us by your Spirit and encourage us not to give up on ourselves. Lord, we just thank you that we are your people. And Lord, if there are decisions that we have to make, and we know we have to make them, but we're struggling to make them. Firstly, thank you for being patient. Lord, secondly, we ask you to give us the strength to obey you, to walk out the decisions that you want us to make the best that we can. And then, Lord, Lord, thank you. As Tarbo has said, when he stepped into Wales, just all of the great things that were just lined up for him to encounter, just that step of obedience brought a great job, brought him into a, a family of believers that, that he's a part of, that he loves, and people that love him. And Lord, Patricia, his wife, everything is fulfilled in his life and being fulfilled in his life because of that step of, of obedience that he labored with for so long. But Lord, you patiently, you patiently worked out. And Lord, we know that that resonates with all of our lives because lots of times it's, it's not easy to take that step of faith. But Holy Spirit, help us. Help us, whether it's in our families, whether it's in our friendships, whether it's in our workplace, whether it's just out there in the world, being a light, reconciling people to you, whatever it might mean. Lord, we just ask you to do that. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, listen, God bless you this morning. Why don't we stand to our feet and listen, let's give some praise before we go to the King of the kingdom. Hallelujah. Let's join and sing together. God bless you this morning. God bless you.